the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Freedom with Adam Riojas. His goal is not only to inspire you to receive everything God has for you, but to go out into the world and make disciples of all nations. And now, here's your host, Adam Riojas. Welcome to today's show. Thank you so much for following us on this amazing journey that God has not only for me, but for all of you that have been supporting and listening to the show. It is now the fastest growing Christian show in San Diego, and it is well listened to. God is good and all the time. Today, I have an incredible man of God. He's been on a show before, Levi Moran. Um, he's... Uh, in the he was in the Marines. He's a a wounded warrior. He's now a pastor of a place called the Anchor in Oceanside. Uh, but also make sure that you stick around, hang out for the latter part of the show, where we will be coming out of Zechariah chapter nine. Um, again, thank you for listening today. And without further ado, Pastor Levi Morant from the Anchor. Thank you so much for being here with us today. If you can let our audience know a little bit about yourself, and then we'll go into a Q&A. Okay, sounds good. Well, thank you for letting me be on the show. Um, yeah, I, I was in the Marine Corps for about 13 and a half years. Uh, I got hit by a roadside bomb, got retired, so that's how I ended up in Wounded Warriors, and uh, ended up in California at the very end. Uh, Lord called me to ministry, and... Um, Eventually, through ministry training and, and preaching the gospel, got ordained as a pastor, and got uh, the Lord called me to this place called The Anchor. It's been running since 1951, and I, I've been here since uh, since the Lord's called me. So it, it's been a tremendous journey, and it's, I, I never thought in a million years I would end up being a pastor in California. Woohoo! Well, hey, a little bit about um, to get our audience caught up with your story. You said you were in the military 13 years, um, so right. you've actually been to Iraq. Um, you've yes. fought in some wars out there. Uh, tell us uh, a little bit about what went on back there and and what has you um, in the current position that you're in. Well, I, I joined the Marine Corps back in 2000 uh, for war, any war kicked off. Um, when everything had kicked off in the height, I had gone to the invasion of Iraq in 03. Um, at the time, I was with a unit called Small Craft Company. They had attached on to 8th Marines, and we did the whole operation with them. Uh, fast forward, uh, I re-enlist. They sent me to Hawaii, uh, you know, a lovely place. I was attached to 2-3, 2nd Battalion, 3rd Marines. Uh, the unit now is it doesn't exist, and um, but at the time we had done an operation to Afghanistan uh, in the Korangal Valley. So I'd done in the Korangal, Chake, and the Tansil Valley, and then and that was uh, 2005, 2006, and then 06, 07 got sent back to Iraq with the same unit, Second Battalion, Third Marines, 
uh, I was in country and we were in Haditha city. It was rolling down uh, to do a resupply with the unit. And we were moving into Haditha. And as we were coming out, an anti-tank mine that was rigged to be what's called an IED or an implement, uh, explosive device, improvised explosive device was there. It blew the vehicle. Um, when it, when the vehicle exploded, my driver took shrapnel from his heel to his butt cheek and got blown over a wall. I got blown through the door. My right arm got ripped out of the socket and inverted all the way around. The tendons got pulled like a sock. I took shrapnel. I had shrapnel on my face. Um, I needed surgery to have the shrapnel corrected. It was messing with my gums and my teeth and I'm, I'm missing some teeth. So they, they had to take care of that. And, uh, eventually, uh, I had to just kind of rebuild my arm, uh, the muscle, and just everything that comes with that. And uh, the Lord eventually was using that incident in 2006 to eventually get a hold of my attention to get me where I needed to be to follow him. And so it was from there that uh, I didn't know, but the Lord knew he was using everything forward that came of the war to eventually get me into ministry. Wow, that is powerful. So how many people or how many Marines were actually in your platoon? Uh, so I was part of a comm unit, a comm platoon, uh, communications platoon can be about 80 deep, but they would break off into sections. And so what would happen is you could have um, – the headquarters part and they would, they would the majority be at headquarters and help, but then we would break them into line units. So they would break off into the grunt units or, or different um, weapons units. And so that's how that works with the, with the, with the communications teams. And so for me, I was attached on these units that would maneuver around. Um, so they're like Afghanistan. I went with the heavy weapons out into the Korangal and to the uh, Chake Valley. I was attached to them. Uh, one point I was attached to um, a different type of unit that was training the Afghanis. So that's the beauty of being a radio operator. You, you can, you can come back and kind of just be with the main unit, or you can move forward with uh, what they call a line unit or with the squads. And so that's how that works. And a basic grunt unit um, can be pretty big with the platoons. And then it's broken down by three squads and then a weapon unit or it can be broken down by three uh companies and a weapon company so it depends but that's your gist so 80 guys is what we had a battalion wise it, it can be clear over a thousand people wow so let me ask you a question um you you actually uh were in live combat is that correct yeah so i i we got what they call what you what you're referring to is a firefight right so so I got into a firefight uh, a couple of times. Sometimes it's called direct fire, indirect fire. Um, there's times where it's mortars that are indirect or direct. Uh, but when in the case when I was in Haditha City, right after the IED, um, we started getting uh, taking fire, and then it was um, two tanks that had rolled over through the neighborhood and started uh, coming through the walls and blasting the house that they were uh, shooting at from and then we were able to maneuver out of the city back to uh haditha dam wow i mean this this is straight out of a movie um that is powerful 
Does that stuff ever still mess with you? Um, you know, receiving fire and and returning fire. Um, it's it, <laughs> well. The thing is, is it, the sounds. It's like funny. The movies they they some of them don't portray really well. And the best way you it sounds like is popcorn. So when they're being shot at and it's coming over your head, it literally sounds like a over your head, like a popcorn. Wow. And so uh, I'll tell you this, like one time my wife and I were driving down the freeway. I was driving um, a, ro- a pebble, you know, pebbles get kicked up. A pebble got kicked up towards the glass. It made the same pop noise. And I leaned to duck and I pulled the steering wheel. My wife's like, she had to like, oh, oh you're good. You're good. Wow. So, so it can, it can affect certain aspects. It can affect your sleep. It can affect everything because it smells sounds they affect your memory um i i give grace to all thanks to god because if it wasn't for jesus uh, i i'd probably be a huge mess just on the streets but um i've learned to through christ i've learned to know my limits know what's healthy and not healthy for me uh and i and i put it like this to to the military i work with just as the lord wrestled with um Jacob and Jacob walked with a limp. The Lord wrestled with me and my, my limp is PTSD. So, Mm -hmm. so if I stay close to the Lord, I do really well. If I start to veer from what the Lord called me, my PTSD will flare out and I will begin to have uh, a lot of trouble. Wow. Hey, if you just tuned in, this is freedom with Adam Riojas and we're currently uh, have an amazing man of God, a, a Marine who actually was in live combat and he's just letting us know how things work and how his life uh, revolved around the military uh, being a Marine. So Levi, let me ask you a question. Were you actually serving the Lord while you were a Marine or was it afterwards when you had an encounter with God? Uh, It was after when the Lord got a hold of my life. When I was in the Marine Corps, because uh, I grew up in church. I grew up on the mission field. Um, if you would have been like, are you a Christian? Oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. And they're like, are you good? Oh, yeah, I'm good, man. And But in the same token, I could tell you the Bible stories. But then I'd be at youth group and I'd be like, she looks good. She looks good. She looks good. And and my life did not reflect following Jesus. And I look back at my life and I and I go, I realize it. it it was entitled. Like it was, it was like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. But I really wasn't good. And while I was in the Marine Corps, it, it wasn't good either. Uh, I, I could go to church at times when my wife wanted to go, but I'd also get drunk on Friday night. And so I, I lived two lives and it wasn't until 2009 when the Lord got a hold of my life after PTSD had been in its worst, after I was losing my mind and I was, and I was trapped in witchcraft that the Lord reached into that darkness through my wife to pull me out of that darkness and set me free. And that's when I really started following the Lord. And when that changed happened, then everything radically changed in the Marine Corps about how I saw things. Because prior to that, in title, yeah, I'm a Christian, I'm good, but I wasn't really following Jesus. Amen. So you were more like, uh, just from uh, speak it, claim it, and name it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I could tell you, like I said, I could tell you Bible stories, but I wouldn't live it. Mm, 
Amen. So here's, you said something really interesting. How did you get involved in witchcraft? Was it while you were a Marine or after you left the military or it was, yeah, go ahead. It was while I was a Marine. So what, this is the story of how it happened. Uh, after combat, I thought to myself, recruiting duty, I'm going to do recruiting duty. Recruiting duty is rough. Okay. I, I, I rather be in a combat zone than recruiting duty. Wow. I did well on recruiting duty, but it's rough because you are constantly in the go, go, go. And it's crazy hours. If you, if you have a really good boss, you'll work from like 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. If you have a bad boss, you'll work from 6 a.m. to midnight. And so I'm out there and shrapnel starts coming out of my gums starts moving my teeth around. I start having really bad flashbacks. I'm drinking a lot, having a lot of problems. And I I feel like this monster. And I ran away from everything. I ran away from my family, my responsibilities. And I just felt like I had to get away and I was struggling. And through it, I ended up just finding myself living in this house where they're practicing witchcraft. I'm living with this, this, this woman who's practicing witchcraft. And and I'm just like messing up my marriage and everything. And for six months, my wife never stopped looking for me. Wow. And one day she finds me in this house and she's like, you need to come home. And I was kicking and screaming and throwing things out of control. And my wife was like, man, I lost my husband. He's gone. This isn't him. So she hands me this letter about 430 in the afternoon. And at midnight, I started reading the letter and I felt the Holy Spirit start talking to me, say, go home, pack your stuff up and go home. And as I, I was packing my stuff up and I was trying to get out of that house, the, the people in the house, they were possessed and they started just saying things. I knew it was demons talking through them. And my wife, she, she went to my mom because my mom lives in Wisconsin. She went to my mom and she's like, I lost my husband. He's gone. That's not Levi. And she went home. And that night, my wife locked the back door. She used to leave the back door unlocked, hoping I'd come home. And she walked upstairs. And she hears clearly in her head, it's the Lord, go unlock the door. And she goes and locks the door, walks back upstairs. And five minutes later, I walk through and I say, can I come home? And she said, yes. And it wasn't like, yes, sleep on the couch. We'll talk in the morning. She bathed me. She fed me. She put me to bed in our bed and it broke Satan's yoke over my life. Wow. And I've never known grace and mercy like that. And I've never known love like that. And Jesus crashed into my darkness and set me free. My wife was the prime example of the love of Jesus. Wow, that is powerful. So you you go home, um, you start going back to church, you end up in California. Um, what happens in California? So I end up in California, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm at Wounded Warriors. I'm thinking I'm going to get better. I'm going to go back to the fleet, get back in the fight. Going to the fleet means being part of the fleet Marine Force. And the Lord had a whole other plan, and I just couldn't. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to be a park ranger. So I started doing this internship at Cleveland National Forest to be a park ranger. And every day I would just check in with my unit, drive up to the Cleveland National Forest, work the trails, work the park ranger stuff. But the whole time up there, as I'm trying to figure things out, because I, I don't really like, I know the Bible, but I don't know the Bible. And I'm listening to this radio station and, and, and on it, there's just preachers. And it turned out to be Chuck Smith and Raul Reese and, and all these other Calvary Chapel guys that I'd never heard of. I, I, never, I didn't even know what Calvary Chapel was at the time. And, and I would come home and I'd tell my wife, like, man, like the way these guys talk about Jesus, the way they talk about the relationship with Jesus. And I, would, I, would, I just wanted it. 
And I remember I went um, to to the woman who was running the internship, and I said, "Hey, I really appreciate the opportunity of being a park ranger, but I just I feel like the Lord's calling me to something else." And I thought she was going to look at me like you're crazy, but she actually understood. Wow. Uh, I didn't know what to do. So I jumped in like everyone does. And I go, oh, let's do youth ministry. And they put me with ninth graders. And I was at a local church here in Oceanside. And so here I got PTSD and they put me with ninth graders. It was not a good combination. <laughs> it was bad. It was really bad. And and then I met a guy named Roy and I got involved in gang ministry. And and so we would go to Pomerola Park off of San Diego Street, cook burgers, play football and share Jesus. And I met another Marine named Cade. Uh, who was a recon Marine and we would be out there. And then I was preaching one day. That's when you saw me and you were like, yo, this dude loves Jesus, but he's so out of place. Like he does not know how to connect with these gang members. <laughs> and and I didn't even know you saw me. And then Roy goes, Hey man, let's go to this uh, prayer thing at this church here locally. And I said, okay. And I went there and that's where I met you. And I told you my whole story and you were like, you know, I don't normally do this, but I feel it's the Holy Spirit. Do you want to leave the military ministry? You're like, is this Thursday night? You're like, go home, pray about it. Talk to your wife. I'll see you on Monday. And if it's from the Lord. And I came back Monday, we sat with the senior pastor, the rest is history. I kicked it off and I've been doing ministry ever since March, 2011. I can't believe it's been that long. Wow. And then eventually the Lord called me to the anchor. And I'll tell you this, Adam, I don't know how much time we got, but I'll tell you this. When I got to the anchor, I felt the Holy Spirit like on fire in here. And then the Lord brought to remembrance a dream I had in 09 when I first gave my life to Jesus. Because when I first gave my life to Jesus, it was like day number three. I fell asleep that night and I had this dream that I was preaching the gospel to military. And I was in a place that looked like a 60s diner. And my wife was cooking food and I was preaching and we were living in the the place above, above it. And, um, when I walked into the anchor, it looked like a sixties diner. Like I got stuck in the seventies. Wow. My wife now runs the kitchen. I preach Jesus here to the military. And now I realize that was the Lord telling me in 09 as a baby Christian, three days old going, this is the calling on your life. Wow. So you're at the anchor now. You're a pastor there. Tell us a little bit about what the anchor does so the anchor uh, it is a look it's located north side here off coast highway it was founded in 1951 it used to be what was called the palomar theater uh, across the street no longer there um it was we basically at this point we share jesus with those who come in we on saturday do six types of shakes three types of sandwiches no cost to, to anyone, no cost to military. And then Friday nights, we have a Bible study plus dinner. And so uh, the military come through. We just love on them. We take care of them. We we just make it a place where it feels like home. They can watch movies. They can play video games, shoot pool, play darts. And, and through that, we build relationships. And then through those relationships, we let them know that Jesus is the answer to a lot of what they're seeking. And a lot of them remind me of myself, of growing up in the church, but just kind of not listening and running away from everything. And so we've we've met so many military through the years, and then through that, they come to know Christ, and then they get baptized, and then some of them stick around, some of them head home, but it's, it's amazing to see how the Lord uses this place. Amen. That's pretty powerful. So 
What days is the anchor open on? So we're open Fridays uh, from 3.30 to 10 o'clock, and that's when we have the dinner and the Bible study. And then Saturdays from 1.30 to 9, and then we serve food all the way to 8.20, and people come and go. But those are the main two days that we um, are open. Wow. So uh, you said anybody who walks in, everything there is free for them. Correct. So do you have to be a Marine um, to go in there, or is it open to all military? It's open to all military. So any branch of service, whether veteran, active duty reserve, family member, um, if we see, like, we've had people walk in and they think it's a bar, and then then we end up (laughs) like, no, and and you want a sandwich? And we end up, you know, just talking about Jesus. Um, I even one time two guys drove all the way down from Los Angeles looking for a realty spot. And they ended up in the anchor thinking it was it. And then just ended up feeding them and just loving on them and praying for them. Amen. So I'll share, I'll share the gospel with anybody, any place, anywhere. And um, they don't have to be military, but the majority that come in are military because it's known as a military location. But we've had, we've had people never served in the military, just walk in thinking it's like I said, a bar. Because they, they see the counter and they're like, oh, it's a bar. And then they realize it's not. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So uh, here's my question. Um, is it just usually broken people that come in or is it just anybody that just maybe just wants to fellowship? Or or what's, what does the, the military crowd look like? It's, it's anybody. So we've had broken people who just feel lost we've had people who are looking for fellowship they've they've come from okinawa being transferred or from uh, camp lejeune and they're like hey i'm looking for a place for fellowship uh we've had young marines show up because their moms do the research of oceanside and camp pendleton find that the anchors for the military and then they they tell their kids hey go there it's a good spot and so it, it's anybody that wants to come in that uh, from all walks of life, uh, whether broken or doing well, that they come in. So it's it's a mix. Amen. So if, say I'm a Marine or Army or Air Force, and I'm hearing the show now and I, I want to come, what's the address there and email and phone number, how they may contact and connect uh, with you or the anchor, Pastor Levi? Okay, so the address is 323 North Coast Highway, Oceanside, California. And the email, my email is Levi, L-E-V-I dot Moran, M-O-R-A-N. One more time. Levi dot Moran, 2012 at gmail.com. Amen. Is there a phone number that they could call or is it just email? Uh, There's a phone number. The phone number uh, 808. 782-6294. Seven eight two six two nine four, and if uh, I don't get to the phone in time, somebody will, and then they can get uh, information. I I will also say this too, just for to help out. They're locally here, and in California, and they know like from the military they're going to be transferring. We also have connections to get them plugged into the next groups for fellowship, no matter where they're going to get stationed. Oh, that's phenomenal! So if somebody's about to be you know, shipped out, they can, they can come and then you guys can actually connect them at another, with people in that area. Right. 
Correct. Yes. Cause I, I, we have other pastors that I know who will connect with them. And I, I that's what I usually do. I point them to that place. And the cool thing is in return, because we're all working together, they were like, Hey, when you come out to California, there's a spot it's called the anchor, come check it out. So that way you don't lose that fellowship because I've had so many military, so many people who volunteered, who moved, say, man, I, I, I moved to Wisconsin. I moved to Michigan. I moved to Tennessee. I could not find something like you guys have. And so that was, so now we, we made connections on certain locations uh, where they could find and get plugged in that way. Amen. So we have um, like two minutes. Uh, if someone's listening and hurting and and perhaps doesn't have any resources, um, can you give them a word of encouragement? I mean, you're military, you're a Marine, you're now a pastor. Give the audience a word of encouragement, Pastor Levi. So if you're hurting and you're unsure about things, always keep your eyes on Jesus. Jesus is the answer. That's not, you're not going to find your answer in the media. You're not going to find your answer in, in the things that happen in this world. Jesus Christ is the answer. He, he's the Prince of Peace, and he will give you peace that surpasses all understanding, and he will give you joy that will surpass everything because his joy is full. So I want to encourage each person that's listening, if you're hurting, just ask the Lord today to fill you with that peace and that joy. And if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, today's the day to surrender your life to Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Pastor Levi, you are an amazing man of God, and you definitely encourage me, and I know that our listeners are encouraged today. Um, Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you come back for the latter part of the show. God bless you, Pastor Levi. Thank you for being on the show, and we'll be right back. We love you, and remember, Jesus is King and the only way to the Father. The Oceanside Pier is a sacred place, blessed with ocean views, the strand, good people, and good times. You'll find all those things and more at the Bistro at the Pier. Locally owned and operated, the Bistro at the Pier offers delicious food options and a full slate of crafted coffee drinks, including Italy's own Cafe Vergnano, sourced from Italy's finest coffee beans. So whether you're craving an acai bowl or an espresso, the Bistro at the Pier is waiting for you. Head on down or visit them online at Bistro at the Peer.org. Freedom Generation Higher Education is a faith-based alternative education option and official Turning Point USA Academy associate that values constitutional rights and medical freedom. Hosted by At The Cross Church in Oceanside, they serve pre-K through 7th grade and are Southern California's exclusive institution incorporating Turning Point USA Academy's 5C model. They offer in-person classes and electives Monday through Thursday and are now accepting applications for fall 2023. Visit them online at freedomgenerationedu.com or at the cross oceanside.com. Welcome back to Freedom with Adam Riojas. And we now will pick up the latter part of the show with Zechariah chapter 9. You, you know, last week we took a brief break from Zechariah because I was a guest speaker at Next Chapter with Pastor Sean Mitchell. 
And if you ever want to visit an amazing God, you may want to go see him. But today um, we are in Zechariah chapter 9, and it's it's a fabulous chapter now. Um, this is now considered the second part of Zechariah's writings. Most people, at least a, a lot of scholars, believe that Zechariah probably wrote this in his latter days of his life. I look at it as a sit-down. He sat down and God used him and he wrote down what God had and he gave the word. There are also other critics who don't believe Zechariah was actually even the author. But when you look at it completely, you can see that Zechariah wrote this and that God blessed him and that he brought the word. Now, as we begin this uh, chapter, I want to remind you that the people now had been back in their land uh, approximately 20 years after being in captivity, 70 years. Zechariah's grandfather was actually the previous prophet before Zechariah now takes uh, the reign, and he's literally being used by God to encourage these folks and to get them going so that they can complete the temple and move on with their life. Now, as we begin, it says this, chapter 9, verse 1, the burden of the word of the Lord in the land of Hadrach and Damascus shall be the rest thereof when the eyes of man, as of all tribes of Israel, should be toward the Lord. What a powerful word that he starts off with here. Um, And literally, he's saying, when the eyes of man, as of all the tribes of Israel, shall be towards the Lord. He's saying, one day, every eye, every nation shall have their eyes towards God Almighty, the God of Israel, the God of the universe, the creator of the universe. Now, Hadrach is an interesting name because um, for many centuries, people believed that this was just a mythical region and that somehow the Bible had it wrong. But guess what? Archaeological discoveries never lie. And they literally found references to this city um, that is in Syria that is now we know now as Lebanon. So this place no doubt existed. Now, as we continue to read, it says this, in Hamath also shall border thereby Tyrus or Tyre and Zidon, though it be very wise, and Tyrus or Tyre did build herself a stronghold and heat up silver as the dust and fine gold as the mire of the streets. Now, you know, Ezekiel, which was a prophet before Zechariah, while they're still in their land, gave this powerful prophecy about what would happen to Tyre in chapter 26 of Ezekiel. And it says this, And it came to pass in the 11th year, in the first year of the month, that the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, because that Tyrus, or Tyre, had set against the Lord, against Jerusalem. Aha, she is broken. That was the gates of the people. She has turned on to me 
and I shall replenish. Now she is laid waste. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against thee, O Tyrus, and I will cause many nations to come up against thee as the sea causes his waves to come up. And they shall destroy the walls of Tyrus and break down her her towers, and I will also scrape her dust from her and make her like the top of a rock. It shall be a place for the spreading of nets in the midst of the sea, for I have spoken, it says the Lord of God, and it shall come to a spoil to all nations. Now, you can continue to read that whole chapter, and then actually it goes into Ezekiel chapter 27 and then chapter 28. But what we see here is that God cannot lie. This city was eventually conquered um, by Alexander the Great. And what's really interesting is other nations, Nebuchadnezzar, for many years tried to overtake this place and actually destroyed the mainland. But they, those from Tyre or Tyrus ended up in this island that they eventually built up and it became a mighty fortress and it was impregnable. It was an island and no one could reach them and they defended themselves and they outlasted all these nations and no nation could come against it until God used Alexander the Great to tear this place up. And you know how he did it? He built a land bridge. He used all of the columns, all of the old ruins and he put them in the sea and and built a land bridge um it now it looks even more connected because of the sand built up and more dirt that they've added but it's been inhabitable even an uninhabited to this point and just like Ezekiel said it's used more like a fishing town now God's word always comes to pass God cannot lie but as Zechariah is given at this word. He says in verse four, behold, the Lord will cast her out and he will smite her power in the sea and she shall be devoured with fire. Just like God said it would happen and it has happened even to modern days. Now it's, it's connected to the mainland but you can still see remnants of the slam bridge that was used because of all the pillars and all the brick that they put down to make a land bridge. He didn't actually make the land bridge all the way to the other. And they got close enough and they used the battery amps to destroy this city. Wow. You know, God is, is awesome. And this is years before it ever happened, before Alexander the Great actually came in and took care of business. And it was probably um, when this prophecy was spoken in about 30, 335 B.C., it was still another 150 years before it actually happened. Because when Zechariah is writing, um, if you remember, those in power was no longer those from Babylon, the Chaldeans. It was now the the Meds and the Persians, and God is amazing. But even the Meds and the Persians at the time could not take this land because this island was powerful, yet it took 150 years from the word that it was prophesied for Alexander the Great to conquer this land. Now, 
as we continue to read, it says, Asklon shall see it and fear. Gaza also shall see it and be very sorrowful. Ekron, for her expectations, shall be ashamed. And the king shall perish from Gaza. And Asklon will not be inhabited. Now, as he's making his way, Alexander the Great is literally knocking down these cities. And a bastard should dwell in Ashdod, and I will cut off the pride of the Philistines. Amazing word of prophecy, because it wasn't until, again, 150 years later, that Alexander marched down the coast and destroyed all of these cities, just like God said it would happen as Zechariah is speaking at. Verse 7 says this, and I will take away his blood out of his mouth and his admonitions from between the teeth. But he that remaineth, even he shall be for our God. And he shall be as a governor in Judah, an Ekron as a Jebusite. Now, <laughs> what's really amazing about this word is that when he gets to Jerusalem, he doesn't literally conquer it. Because when he comes up to Jerusalem, Josephus, actually who was a historian, not a Christian, was a a man that just wrote down historical facts, said that when Alexander the Great came, he already knew not to destroy it, but that the priest met him and told him, hey, look, Daniel and Zechariah wrote about you. They actually said that you would conquer these nations and Alexander the Great left them alone. How powerful is that? Verse 9 says this, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass or a donkey and upon a colt, the fowl, of an ass. Now, this is powerful because this was fulfilled in the New Testament when Jesus rode on an ass, rode on a donkey as he marched in, and the people are yelling, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now, Matthew um, wrote about this, and he actually quoted from here and said, as the prophet wrote in Matthew 21, 4 to 5, John also quoted Zechariah and said the prophet wrote, and that's in John 12, 14 to 15. Now, you're like, what about the others? What about Mark and Luke? They also wrote about it as well, but they just wrote as it's being fulfilled. And so God's word is so amazing and so powerful. This is as Jesus is is coming in and marching in and people are yelling again, Hosanna, Hosanna is blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And you know what's so sad about that, that within the next few days, the next week, he is crucified. And the nation now is yelling, crucify him, crucify him. And we see how easily people can turn, and that saddens me. But today, you could be one of those that accepts us 
accepts what Jesus did back then and say, Jesus, come into my heart. You are my king. You are that king that rode in on that ass. You are that king that was crucified for me. Now, as we continue to read, verse 10 says this, and I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the horse from Jerusalem and the battle bull shall be cut off and he shall speak peace unto the heathen and his dominion shall be from sea, even to sea and from the river, even unto the ends of the earth. Now, as Zechariah is given this word to them, I am sure that at the time they're thinking he's coming in on a donkey. He, he's coming in humbly. He's going to reign. And then we're going to be the ruling nation. See, the latter part, verse 10, isn't fulfilled yet because there is coming a period when Jesus will rule from sea to sea and will be exalted as the king, as the fulfillment that God gave to King David and as a fulfillment of of the promise that he's made to the Jewish communities. Now, I want to read a passage for you so that you understand this a little further. It says this in Isaiah 65, 6, 17. For behold, I create a new heaven and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered nor come into mind. But be ye glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem a rejoicing in her people a joy. And I will rejoice in Jerusalem and joy in my people. And the voice of weeping shall be no more heard in her, nor the voice of crying. There shall be no more thence an infant of days, listen to that, nor an old man that hath not filled his days. People will actually live the thousand years, the whole thousand years. Satan is bound, and the only person that is sinning would be you or that person that is sinning. Or for those that are left behind and somehow during the tribulation, they survive and they enter into the tr- into this millennial period. It says this, for the child should die a hundred years old. So when a child dies at a hundred years old, it's because you've sinned. But the sinner being a hundred years old shall be accursed and they shall build houses and inhabit them and they shall plant vineyards and eat the fruit of them. They shall not build in another inhabit. They shall not plant in another eat. For as the days of a tree are the days of my people and my elect shall long enjoy the work in her hands. I don't know if you know this, but California has the oldest tree on planet Earth. It is considered to be about 2,000 years old. We have all of these giants in the sequoias up north. But that's what he's talking about, that these trees will out, will just live forever like they've been there so long. That's how long the folks will live, that they will have longevity. You know, there's still a garden that exists in Jerusalem that's about 2,000 years old as well. Um, Not quite as old as those in the sequoias. But as we continue back in Zechariah, we see that Zechariah is encouraging 
the people. I want you to be encouraged that you are seeing God's word being fulfilled. Listen, if you just tuned in, this is Freedom with Adam Riojas as we're going through the book of Zechariah. Verse 11 of chapter 9 says this, As for thee also, by the blood of thy covenant, I have sent forth thy prisoners out of the pit wherein is no water. This is God speaking and saying, I am going to pull you out. I am going to bless you. That covenant that I made, that blood covenant that I made with you, I'm going to still rescue you. And it says, verse 12 says this, Turn you to the strongholds, you prisoners of hope. Even today, so I declare that I will render double unto you. God was wanting to encourage his folks. When I have bent Judah for me, filled the bow with Ephraim and raised up the sons, O Zion, against thy sons, O Greece, and made thee a sword of a mighty man. He comes back and he he emphasizes that this man from Greece was going to rule, but that they would still be rescued, that they would not be conquered by Alexander himself. They eventually, of course, you know, went back into their own sin, and eventually God used one of Alexander's uh, people that took over that region to bring the Israelites into submission. Verse 14 says this, And the Lord shall be seen over them, and his arrow shall go forth as lightning, and the Lord God shall blow the trumpet and shall go with the whirlwinds of the south. This is God still looking over these folks. This is a word of encouragement for the people at that time. God oversees you. God looks out after you. God himself will blow the trumpet. 15 says this, the Lord of hosts shall defend them and they shall devour and subdue with the sling stones and they shall drink and make a noise as through wine and they shall fill like bowls and as the corners of the altars. What a powerful word that he's, he's, he's given to them. He's encouraging them to continue to know that even in their sin, even as he's speaking about the future, even as he's telling them that the Messiah is coming and that they would eventually be conquered because of the disobedience, he's still there for them. He's still there for them. As If God is for you, who can be against you? Listen, when I ever, whenever I read the Old Testament, I'm always reminded of what Paul wrote to the Corinthians in his first letter in chapter 10, excuse me, in his second letter to the Corinthians in chapter 10, where it says that the Old Testament and everything they did prior to Jesus showing up on this, showing up on the scene that he did for your and my example and as an admonition, God is good and he's good all the time. And we can see how God dealt with his people. We can see that whenever he made a promise, it would come to pass. 
We can see that God cannot lie. We can see that the more obedient they were, the more that God drew closer to them. And we read that in the earliest chapters of Zechariah. Draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. Get close to me and I'll get close to you. And that is still a New Testament concept. The closer we get to God, the closer he gets to us. Draw near to me and I will draw near to you. That's exactly what James, the half-brother of Jesus, wrote in his letter in his first chapter. But as we get ready to finish this chapter, it says this, And the Lord their God shall save them in that day as the flock of his people. That is encouraging. That should elevate your faith even if you weren't there at that time because God will save his people. He will save his people for they shall be as the stones of a crown lifted up as an ensign upon the land. He's going to exalt them. Let me read you something out of Isaiah chapter 62. Now, I love it because Isaiah literally was, you know, a couple of hundred years before Zechariah wrote, but it's all confirmation because God's word always confirms itself. In in Isaiah chapter 62 from 1 to 3, it says this, For Zion's sake will I not hold my peace, and for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until the righteousness thereof go forth as brightness and the salvation thereof as a lamp that burneth. And the Gentiles, you and I, the Gentiles, you and I, shall see thy righteousness and all the kings thy glory. And thou shalt be called by a new name, which the mouth of the Lord shall name. That is a word from God to those from Israel, to the Jewish people. And verse 3 says, Thou shalt also be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord. Did you just hear what he said? You shall be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord and a royal diadem in the hand of thy God. What a beautiful word to the Jewish people today. What a beautiful word to you and I that we know that the God of Israel is the God of the universe and the God of the universe is whom created everything that we see. In the beginning time, God created the heavens, space, and the earth matter. All three in one shot. All three in one shot. That's the God that we serve. And let me read 16 again. And the Lord their God shall save them in that day as a flock of his people. For they shall be as stones of a crown lifted up as an ensign upon his land. For how great is his goodness. God is good and he's good all the time. And how great is his beauty. Corn shall make the young men cheerful or grain or food shall make the young men cheerful and the new wine the maids. What he's saying is that God will supply 
all of their needs. I'm not Zechariah, and all I'm reading is what God gave Zechariah to his people, but he's also given it to you. There's also an application. It was also written for your and my example and for our admonition. God will never leave you nor forsake you. God loves you. There is nothing that you're going through that God is not aware of. There is nothing impossible for God. For what's impossible with man is possible with God. God can do all things, all things. He showed up on a donkey and he he let them know that there was going to be a reign once they, when Jesus would be the king reigning out of Israel, out of Jerusalem, the capital of the world. And those are promises. That's a promise that we're going to see pretty soon again. And let me read that last verse again. How great is his goodness. How great is God's goodness. And how great is his beauty. How great is God's beauty. He is glorious. Give him glory. Are you sad? Give him glory. And he'll change your continents. Are you addicted to something? Give him praise and he'll break those chains. Are you going through something difficult? Give it to God and he'll break those chains. Is your marriage on the rocks? Give it to God and he'll break those chains. Are you going through something difficult? Give it to God and he'll break those chains. We love you guys. And I know that God can do the impossible. Uh, and I will have my beautiful wife now, Cleta Riojas, closes in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord God, thank you so much. Father, thank you, Father, for your word and for so so many uh, great leadership and pastors that are just taking a stand across America, Father, to lead your sheep into the promised land. So, Father, we thank you and we praise you for all of your goodness, for you are worthy to be praised. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, listen, I'm going to give you this last word. It's time to rise up, church. It's time to get involved in your communities. It's time to show up to the school boards. It's time to show up to the abortion clinics that are killing our kids. They want to kill our kids. They want to indoctrinate our kids. And if they can do that, they'll have the next generation. Not today, Satan. Church, rise up. Church, give him glory. Church, know that there is hope. Church, know that Jesus is coming back soon. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a power and of a sound mind. We love you. Thank you for joining them. This is Freedom with Adam Riojas. And hit me up. Let me know that you enjoyed the show. Freedom at AdamRiojas.com. We love you guys. God bless you. And be blessed. We see you next Sunday. Thanks for listening to Freedom with Adam Riojas. If you'd like to contact Adam, email him at freedom at adamriojas.com. Make sure to tune in next week at 5 p.m. here on KPraise. If you missed a show, go to your favorite podcast provider and search Freedom with Adam Riojas. 
The Oceanside Pier is a sacred place, blessed with ocean views, the strand, good people, and good times. You'll find all those things and more at the Bistro at the Pier. Locally owned and operated, the Bistro at the Pier offers delicious food options and a full slate of crafted coffee drinks, including Italy's own Cafe Vergnano, sourced from Italy's finest coffee beans. So whether you're craving an acai bowl or an espresso, the Bistro at the Pier is waiting for you. Head on down or visit them online at bistroatthepier.org. Freedom Generation Higher Education is a faith-based alternative education option and official Turning Point USA Academy associate that values constitutional rights and medical freedom. Hosted by At The Cross Church in Oceanside, they serve pre-K through 7th grade and are Southern California's exclusive institution incorporating Turning Point USA Academy's 5C model. They offer in-person classes and electives Monday through Thursday and are now accepting applications for fall 2023. Visit them online at freedomgenerationedu.com or at the cross oceanside.com. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.